Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. If you are new around here, welcome to the podcast. I have so enjoyed creating, what, almost 250 episodes of this podcast. It's been so amazing to connect with all you beautiful people out there who just care so much about your dogs and you're doing your best for them. So I hope that this podcast has been helpful for you. If you have been a longtime listener and you have not left a review, would you for me? The thing that happens when you leave reviews is one, it makes me very happy. Positive reinforcement works really well for me. Um, And in addition to giving me some positive reinforcement, it also helps other dog guardians find this podcast who could benefit from it. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, could you take just a couple minutes out of your day to leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts? I would really, really appreciate it. So everyone, in today's episode, I want to talk about winter woes, (laughs) Uh, the things that come up in the challenges of living with training a dog in winter weather. But before we jump into today's topic, I wanted to just give you all a heads up. So if you are listening right now and you are a professional dog trainer, maybe you're just getting your start as a dog trainer and you are interested in creating your own virtual program, we are opening Reactive Redefined for Professionals on Wednesday, February 1st. And what that looks like is we coach professional dog trainers, not only uh, on the business end of creating your own virtual course, launching it, marketing it, all of that. But we also give you all of the skills that we use to very effectively coach our reactive dog clients. So if you're a pro dog trainer and you work with reactivity, you want to work with reactivity, you'd like to do it in a virtual format, um, there is a wait list. So you can click the link in the show notes to join the wait list. We would love to connect with you. We did one round, right? So this will be round two. And it was just honestly such a delight to connect with other professional dog trainers and support them in what they're doing. So in addition to... um, you know, supporting you on your your journey in working with reactive dogs and creating your own virtual course. We do um, monthly, uh, actually it's going to be bi-weekly calls. So you get time with Steph and I. So you'll get four group calls with Steph and I to learn, ask questions in addition to the course that has basically everything we know about reactive dogs and everything we know about creating uh, and launching a virtual course. So join the wait list if you are interested in that. If you are not a dog pro, hey, stay with me because like I said, we're going to talk about winter woes. For those of you who live in a state that, a state or a country for that matter, that doesn't get winter weather, consider yourself very lucky. (laughs) Uh, I am someone who growing up, I did not love winter, but as I've become Um, an adult, I have really formed a new appreciation for it. But the winter weather does come with some caveats because it puts some strains on everyone's behavior that can be really frustrating. So 
in Colorado, we typically have very mild winters, like in the city, obviously in the mountains and stuff, we get a lot of snow. But this year, we've had a more traditional (laughs) winter season with lots of snow and cold temperatures. And it has definitely put some strains on behavior for our dogs, right? So many of you know, we have Waylon who is six years old and we have Spicy who is almost six months old. So it has has definitely put some strains on their behavior. And I wanted just to share some of the things that I'm doing to alleviate some of that. In addition to it, obviously putting some strains on my own dogs. Um, Many of my clients, many of my reactive dog clients are also feeling the woes of winter with their reactive dogs. So I am going to share tips that you can use for any dog, but I think especially useful for many of you who have (laughs) reactive dogs. So when it comes to the winter weather, I want to break it down into a couple of different categories here. So enrichment, off-leash time, play, and some of the real life walking and out in the world stuff. So many of you who are on Instagram and are a part of the positive reinforcement community on Instagram are already really well-versed in enrichment. If you are not on Instagram, totally feel you on that. So I will give you some insights. Uh, If you don't already follow us on Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO, I do post a lot of enrichment tips and stuff over there. So enrichment is something that's really easy to pull off at your dog's normal mealtime. And because it's cold, because it's dark earlier, because we're not getting the dogs out as much, mealtime is a really easy way to add in some enrichment and give your dog a nice positive outlet for their energy that doesn't take a lot of extra effort or time for you. So our dogs are getting fed anyway. So I always like to start with something really, really easy, a shift that you can make. So if you don't already have puzzle toys for your dogs definitely get yourself some puzzle toys I have an Amazon list all about enrichment so you can check out some of the the links to the toys that I use there so at my house we're doing enrichment feeding basically every meal during the winter unless the dogs are like tired in which case I might just feed them out of a normal dog food bowl but we typically use a slow bowl feeder I think slow bowl feeders are pretty well known at this point. And something that we do in addition to putting their food in the slow bowl feeder is I do add water to it. And that seems to just add an extra level of difficulty so that the dogs spend a little bit longer. So typically when I feed both Waylon and Spicy out of the slow bowl feeders, it usually takes them about 10 10 to 15 minutes to get all of their food out, right? So instead of just inhaling food out of their normal bowl, they're spending 10 to 15 minutes eating out of their enrichment bowl. And that just buys me a little bit of extra time to do me in the mornings instead of having to attend to the dogs right away. So if you are not already using puzzle toys at mealtime, I would go ahead and make that switch. It's going to make your life a a lot easier and it's going to be really good for your dog, right? It's really good for them to use their brains, um, use their normal senses during mealtime. And, you know, during the summer, I don't do a lot of enrichment feeding because we're outside so much. But during the winter, it is really, really helpful around my house, especially for Spicy because she wakes up like just recharged and ready to rock. So the enrichment feeding in the morning is super useful. 
the slow bowl feeder and the Kong wobbler are like the two big hits around my house. Like I said, there are links to those in the the Amazon shop that I've created. We'll include a link to that in the show notes. So you can just kind of take a look at those. My guess is a lot of you probably have some of these toys already. So if you already have them, just go ahead and use them. In addition to feeding with puzzle toys at, at normal mealtime, I'm also making an effort to do added enrichment during the day. Uh, stuffing Kong is a really economical way to do consistent enrichment. The Kongs are super helpful for like the middle of the day when the dogs are like, okay, I actually have this energy. What are we going to do with it? So the stuffed Kongs can be a really nice productive thing for the dogs to do during the middle of the day. I know that a lot of you work from home like I do sometimes and that's super helpful around the like 3 p.m. mark when the dogs are like, so what are we doing? And I'm like, nothing. I'm still working. So the, the stuffed Kongs can be super helpful for that. We have licky mats which I use a lot. We've been doing peanut butter banana combination in the licky mat and that's been really helpful. So those days where you're not getting them out as much, it's really cold. I want you just to go ahead and set yourself up for success and have those enrichment toys already ready. When I stuff Kongs, I have a lot of Kongs. I have like 15 Kongs. I stuff all of them at the same time. So I got to do that like once once every other week and then I can just open the freezer and those Kongs are in there. So I think that by being proactive about making sure that you have enrichment already prepped and ready, it can be super helpful for managing some of the woes of winter and being stuck inside more. If you don't have the time to stuff Kongs, bully sticks, whew, those are easy. Our Costco sells those in 12 packs. They're still much more expensive than just stuffing Kongs. But hey, if you've got the finances for that, you can just buy those. Um, bully sticks can be a great way. But giving your dog something high value and long lasting to chew on, chew and lick and bite, super helpful for uh, creating a positive outlet for our dogs during the winter. So those are some of my favorite enrichment um, ways to deal with some of the winter woes. In addition to um, the the food, right? The food enrichment, doing mealtime and stuff, Kongs and stuff like that. Winter is also a great time to be working on some indoor enrichment. So that can take a couple of different uh, facets. My dogs love to shred boxes. So we do a lot of shredding boxes before they go into the recycling bin. That can be a really easy way to create some added enrichment for your dogs. We have been doing a lot of uh, just trick training inside. So many of you who follow us on Instagram saw the reel that I made of working on generalizing the hold behavior for Waylon. So Waylon will hold items on cue. So I've really been working on generalizing that. So working on holding lots of different items. He was he held a pen and a remote and a mask. So that's something that we're working on with Waylon because that's a nice way to kind of engage his brain and give him some outlets if we can't get outside as much. Spicy loves training too. We've been working on some skills with her. We've really been working on leave it inside and it's been translating really nicely to outside. So the nice thing about winter is that creates a little bit more of an opportunity to maybe work on some of the foundational stuff for trained behaviors just inside the house. And um, we usually do that in the evening, right? After they've had dinner, we do some trick training and then they usually play and then it makes them settling down a lot easier. Uh, the trick training could be really easy. Something else that can be really nice for enrichment inside is just doing some 
nose work games, right? So hiding treats and letting your dogs go and find them, that can be super useful. Right, so there's a lot of things that we can do inside to enrich our dog's lives. My guess is if you live somewhere where (laughs) you've endured a lot of winters with your dogs, you probably know some of these things, but hopefully this is good motivation to maybe implement some of those things to counteract some of the woes of winter. So when it comes to winter exercise outdoors. I want to encourage you all to try and find safe places where your dogs can be off leash if possible. There's a couple of reasons for this. So in my experience, when it's cold, the my dogs are less inclined to walk nicely on leash because I think it's cold and going my pace it's kind of hard because they want to run and stay warm. And I I observe this in a lot of my clients, right? That dogs who otherwise are relatively decent on leash come winter, it's much harder for them to walk nicely on leash. So if it's possible to take them places to be off leash more frequently, please do that and take some of the pressure off of yourself. If you're not already familiar with Sniff Spot, is an app where you can rent out people's private land to let your dog run around. A lot of them are completely fenced, so it's secure. There's not going to be other dogs or other people there. So super great for those of you who have reactive and or aggressive dogs. Uh, There is a sniff spot in northern Colorado near us that I've utilized a couple of times this winter and it's so nice just to be able to not have to be attached to the dogs and they can run and do their thing. If you don't have access to sniff spots, obviously I don't want to encourage you to break leash laws per se, but um, we usually look for like schoolyards on the weekends. Those can be a nice place for the dogs to run around off leash where there typically isn't anyone else and you're not really disturbing the peace. Um, Sports complex this time of year, right? If you have access to those and those are usually fenced. Um, If you don't have access to somewhere where your dog can be off leash safely, I would recommend trying a long leash, right? So this time of year, leash manners can be really hard for a lot of dogs and that's normal, right? Like that's something that I deal with with Waylon for sure, but I definitely make my life easier and his life easier by opting for more off-leash opportunities this time of year so that I don't have to be frustrated and or dragged down. So I think when possible, I want you, especially this time of year, to try and opt for some more off-leash options just to make everyone's life a little bit easier. Something else that I want to encourage you to do if long leash and off leash just isn't an option for you, right? Maybe you live in a city and that just like isn't realistic every day is I want you to think about trying to give your dog some opportunities to get out some of their excess energy before you ask them to walk nicely on leash. So shifting your routine a little bit can be hugely helpful for combating some of these winter woes. So if you have the luxury of having a backyard, why don't you try taking your dog out in the backyard and playing with them out there before you take them for a walk. Maybe they'll play a little bit of fetch. Maybe you can play some tug. If you aren't familiar with a flirt pole, look it up because that can be another great way to burn off some of your dog's energy before you ask them to walk like a civilized dog on leash. So 
changing up your routine can be hugely helpful for decreasing some of the frustration of the winter woes. So yeah, playing fetch, playing tug, playing with a flirt pole, um, even doing some of the noseworky stuff that I said, even in your yard, just hiding some treats out there, letting your dog go and look for those before you're leashing them up and before you're taking them out for a walk, right? So just changing up your routine is something really simple that you can do that can be really impactful for um, just decreasing frustration for you and your dog, but increasing um, <laughs> enjoyment for sure. So when it comes to some of the real life scenarios of winter woes, right, um, this is something that has been really prevalent for us as the snow and ice continues to build and does not melt at the rate that we all want it to desperately melt. And that can become really sketchy slash dangerous because if your dog is pulling like crazy and you're trying to keep your footing under you and it's icy, that can be really sketchy. And like I said, like I am not immune to this, right? I have to deal with this with my own dogs. And I wanted just to share some of the things that have been hugely helpful for decreasing the sketchy factor for me. <laughs> so one, you got to you gotta adjust your expectations a little bit because even if your dog typically walks pretty nicely when there isn't snow and ice on the ground and it isn't cold, that all can shift behavior, right? Because if they're cold, it's like they want to go faster and you can't go faster because it's icy and you're trying to keep your footing. So you got to just adjust your expectations a little bit. And everyone, when I take my dogs out in the winter, I have to do a little bit of like me work before I go outside. Like honestly, take some deep breaths and be like, okay, we can do this. I'm going to put on my patient pants. I'm going to be the best trainer I possibly can. So we all have an enjoyable experience and I don't get dragged down. Okay. So some of that is just like my personal work, right? Because if you're frustrated right from the get, it's probably going to set the tone for a very challenging walk for you. So you definitely want to adjust your expectations. I want to encourage you to wear really high quality footwear for your own safety. Okay. So twofold on this one, you want to make sure you have good tread on your shoes, which I know seems so simple, but look at your shoes. If they don't have good tread, please put on better shoes for your own safety. And two, if necessary, use traction. Okay. Um, Yak Tracks is the brand. We have micro spikes. You can just put them on the bottom of your shoes and that can be super helpful for those like really icy, sketchy sidewalks or trails. Right. So I really want you to set yourself up for success with really good footwear that has a lot of traction. Additionally, you probably want to wear boots that are waterproof, okay? So this is especially for you reactive dog guardians who creating space is still a necessity in your day-to-day. I know that having a ton of snow and snow banks can be like such a bummer to have to create space, but it's way less of a bummer if you have proper footwear, right? And you have waterproof boots and you're not going to like, in addition to having to create space, get snow in your shoes and that kind of sucks. So wear proper footwear because that's going to be hugely helpful. In addition to just setting yourself up for success in that way, I want you to consider a few things. So one, I want you to probably increase your treat value. Okay, so this time of year, I'm definitely using higher value treats because I need a higher level of response from the dogs, especially when I'm like crossing the street or walking on a particularly icy patch. So I'm definitely increasing my treat value this time of year to make sure that I'm getting more ready response from my dogs. So you guys can probably hear Spicy scratching at the door right now. She's very unhappy that I have locked her out. (laughs) 
So yes, increase treat values. In addition to increasing treat values, I want you to use a higher rate of reinforcement. Feed your dog more frequently for the behaviors you want to see. Waylon is capable of being a total terror on leash because he's just like, let me live my best life. I don't care about walking nicely on leash. But in his six years with me, we have worked so damn hard on one, not pulling and two, walking at my side on cue. That is a behavior that I am paying for really, really well this time of year. Really, really well, right? Like I am feeding really, really frequently when I need it to happen. And honestly, he has been so good about like just walking at my side when I ask and not pulling. And I think that that's because really over the last couple of weeks, that has been a major focus. I've been using high value treats. He's been getting a high rate of reinforcement for it. And because of that, he's been really ready to pay attention to me and do what I ask. Okay. So in the summer, when I don't have to worry about ice and stuff like that, it just doesn't put as much of a strain on that. And I don't have to ask Waylon to walk with me as much. And I probably can get away with lower value treats and a lower rate of reinforcement. But this time of year, not so much. I need him to walk really, really nicely. So if you have not been training the skill of walking at your side on cue, put that on top of the priority list because that is absolutely a lifesaver this time of year. Um, I love using long leashes, right? You all have heard me talk about long leashes, but there have definitely been certain circumstances as of recently where I've been intentionally using a shorter leash just because it's easier to manage and less sketchy, right? So you have to decide what is right for you. I love long leashes. And honestly, I love using my retractable leashes with my dogs under the right circumstances. I talk in more depth about that in a previous episode, long leash versus retractable leash, if you're curious about that. But I have been using a shorter leash just because it's easier for me to manage, especially if it's like really icy or sketchy. So everyone, if you live in a place with winter, I want to encourage you just to appreciate the snow, appreciate the cold, love it as much as you can. And I hope that these suggestions can be helpful for shifting winter woes into winter yays. (laughs) Everyone, I love this podcast so much. Thank you so much for listening. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.